0: Hey everybody! This is Brian Smith, your host of Grief to Growth, and I'm back with another episode. And today I have with me Becky Ostel Clausen. I hope I pronounced that correctly. You did great, um, Becky and I are going to have a talk. I'm going to read her introduction, and we'll just have a conversation like we always do. Uh, Becky Clausen, or Becky Austin Clausen, is a occupational therapist, Reiki master teacher, author, and, inspir- and inspirational speaker. She has extensive experience in after-death communication, shamanism, Reiki meditation, sound healing, past life regression, automatic writing, crystal energy, and even adventures with the fairy realm, which I definitely want to ask you about. (laughs) Uh, After 20 years of silence, Becky finally gained courage to share her journey, which she's going to do with us today. She sold her large rehabilitation private practice with a staff of 375 therapists and 13,000 clients a year, and she published the award-winning book, Changemaker, How My Brother's Death Woke Up My Life. She travels around the country teaching people empowering after-death communication techniques that facilitate healing and allow relationships to continue with our deceased loved ones. She's offering an online live seven-week workshop on learning how to experience an increased after-death communication that's going to begin in October of 2020. So with that, I want to welcome Becky Austen, Austelklaassen.
2: Thanks so much, Brian. I'm thrilled to be here.
0: Hi, Becky. It's great to have you here. Um, Before we get, the first thing I like to do, ask people to get started, is I want to find out about you. So tell me about Becky.
2: Oh my gosh. Um, I love life. I'm very happy. I enjoy engaging with people, and it's been a wonderful journey. I'm really quite a Quite thrilled to be talking with you. I've been married for about thirty-five years. I have to my husband. His name's Jeff Clawson. I have two mm-hmm. wonderful sons. Um, Kenny, he's thirty-two, and our other son Ryan's thirty. And we're a very happy family. We enjoy music festivals. We enjoy camping. My husband and I are visiting all the national parks, and we're uh, we're almost done. So it's great, great fun.
0: That sounds like that sounds wonderful. Now I know um, your book is about your brother David. So tell me about David.
2: Well, David and I were four years apart. I love my brother, and I was absolutely devastated when he passed. I learned that he was going to pass um, three years before he died, and mm. David and I were walking on the beach in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. You'll hear the Boston accent throughout Little our bit. conversation. <laughs> And uh, this was a while ago. It was, gosh, it was early 1990s. It was about 1992. And mm. thousands and thousands of people were dying of AIDS. Um, David had come out that he was gay in his early 20s. And I just casually asked him if he'd been checked for AIDS. And he turned away. Mm. And it was the worst 10 seconds of my whole life. And I couldn't believe that he didn't say, yes, I'm. I'm fine. And he turned back and he said he had AIDS, which was horrible. And I asked him if he was getting good medical care, which he was getting excellent medical care. Mm -hmm. And then he said, can you please keep this quiet? Because this was a time when people didn't understand how AIDS was, uh, was, uh, was caught. And Mm -hmm. he, uh, he didn't want to be treated any differently. And he was very, very careful of all the techniques and procedures he needed to use. And so, I didn't tell anybody and I found myself in bookstores just reading about the afterlife which I didn't mm. know anything about the afterlife
3: mm-hmm.
2: and it it resonated with me and uh you want me to keep going tell Oh me? yeah yeah, okay, yeah keep great. going yeah All right so um so when David passed it was it was horrible and I couldn't understand why he passed I think everything in life is positive and it had no positive result that I could find. And six weeks after he died, I used to ride horses a lot. And I mm-hmm. was riding my horse through a Christmas tree farm, which I love the symbolism of that. And I received the best present in my life. It was a beautiful day. It was in November. And it Uh, We had just had our first frost, and so Mm -hmm. there were sparkles in the trees and icicles hanging down, and it was glorious. And so I opened up my heart because, you know, when people pass, our loved ones pass particularly, our heart gets closed, and we're just filled with grief. And I hadn't felt anything except for grief for six Mm -hmm. weeks. But that day, I opened up my heart just a little And I said to the universe, thank you, universe, for a beautiful day. I closed Hmm. my eyes, and there was my brother. Now, I had no psychic experience, no spiritual experience. I had never, ever, ever done anything like this before. Hmm. And he was in human form. He had a black and red plaid flannel shirt, dungarees, and sandals. And I started talking with him and realized after a couple of seconds that I could send thought. And he was great, and I was great. And I looked behind him, and they were my grandparents, my mother's parents that had passed away about, gosh, about 10 years ago. Beside them was uh, David's best friend, Edward, who had passed about six months ago. Beside Edward was a great friend of mine, Holly, who had passed about 20 years ago. And there were about two dozen other people. Wow. Brian, it was absolutely phenomenal. Behind my brother was a golden arch. Now it wasn't like McDonald's. It was <laughs> a golden arch. And in these books that I'd been reading, because you know, when we start to read about the afterlife, and actually if it resonates with us, it does help us believe that it could be possible that we right. do live forever. Right. And so in these books, I had read that if you see a doorway, feel free to go through it if it feels right to you. And so I looked to David to see if uh he was going to take me through the door and instead my four foot ten grandma Bessie Dole is her name she takes me by the hand and we skip through this door and on the other side of the door was a tremendously beautiful fuchsia colored land and my two sons now they say mom don't say it's fuchsia. And I'm like, well, it was fuchsia. And they say, it sounds like you're high. It sounds like you're drunk. It sounds like you're loaded. And I'm like, well, truly, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And I heard my, my paternal grandfather, Gramps, um, my dad's father, and he had passed about 15 years ago. I heard him say, get over here. And so he took me by the hand and it was absolutely incredible. We flew through the air for a tremendously long time and all of a sudden my horse starts to move and i said to gramps i say, gramps i need to go back and i'm starting to uh realize that this horse is moving and I'm flying through the air, holding onto my Gramps' hands. And so we do this U-turn in the air and he brings me back to the Golden Arch. I fly through the Golden Arch, land right in front of my, my brother. The uh, the horse is still moving. There's my brother, my grandparents, Edward, Holly, all these people. And I said, I need to go back. <laughs> The answer that I received, they all said it at the same time, is that we are always here. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I pulled up the reins and sat there for a good 20 to 30 minutes and thought, what just happened to me? And uh, that was the beginning of a life changing adventure.
0: Wow, wow. Well, that's quite a quite a beginning. <laughs> so I'm curious, had you and David discussed his passing before he passed? And did you talk about afterlife communications?
2: You know, that's an interesting question. Thank you for asking that. Um, we didn't talk about it a lot. I knew he was going to die. And of course, he did also he was considered a long term survivor. He had AIDS for seven years. Hmm. When I was reading about the afterlife. And and it just sort of happened synchronistically that, that I was directed to the New Age section of the local Barnes & Noble bookstore. There was an author, there is an author by the name of Mary Summer Rain. And she write wrote quite a bit about journeys in the afterlife. And these resonated with me. And so I mm-hmm. sent these books to David. And so he was also aware that there was a possibility that he could um, be able to communicate mm-hmm. with loved ones back on earth. But we didn't discuss it a lot. We discussed it a little, but pretty much we were just living in a day-to-day existence. Mm-hmm. So so the fact that that we were both able to have this correspondence helped by the fact that he was aware that it could happen but it really I thoroughly believe that anybody can have this happen to them and that's why I travel around the country and teach people different ways in order to experience this wonderful wonderful um, connection with our loved ones that have passed on
0: yeah now so this and, and not, this happened and you said in the early 90s what was the time it frame did. again okay yeah, it
2: was October 1st 1995
0: okay and then you were, I guess, quiet about this for quite a period period of time after it happened.
2: I was. I'm an occupational therapist. I'm an entrepreneur, businesswoman, and I didn't know anybody that was communicating with their loved ones mm-hmm. that had passed on. And and I, uh, like, I'm pretty professional with mm-hmm. my science and what I teach, and mm-hmm. I didn't share this with hardly anybody. And so I kept it quiet for 20 years. Actually, what happened right after um, this experience, I I wanted to learn how to do this again. And I went home and I talked to my husband and he was supportive, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up going to the library and the, we didn't have the computer at that point. And so I went to the library and I was walking up and down the corridors. And I thought, my gosh, I don't even know what I'm looking for. And I think I thought a book was going to magically drop out of the uh, shelf, but that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And I ended up going to the local um, health food store and looked at the bulletin board. And I thought maybe something would resonate. And for the really the first time in my life, I I asked for assistance, because what I've learned is that we need to ask, we have free will on this earth, Mm -hmm. but it helps if we ask. And so I said, to the universe. Please send me a teacher. And then I let it go. And a couple of weeks later, one of my staff, um, Dr. Amy Carroll, who's an occupational therapist, and she teaches at the Philadelphia Thomas Jefferson University OT department. She Mm -hmm. came in and she she asked me how I was doing. And I didn't share any of this. And I said, well, it's really rough. And she said, I met someone that I think you'd like. And I'm like, well, who's that? And she said, it's a shaman. I'm like, really? What's a shaman? Yeah. And she said, well, she wasn't really sure, but she thought that a shaman believes that everything in life has energy. And so... I called her up. Her name was Nancy Ariel. She lived close to where I was in sort of an urban town, which was interesting because I thought shamans, if there were people like shamans, lived in Brazil or Peru or something. Right. And uh, I ended up apprenticing with Nancy for, for three to six hours a week. And so for, for for a year. And so for 20 years, I studied. I studied this um, uh, afterlife process I, I learned all sorts of modalities and then it finally came time for for me to to share this and i was finally able to receive the courage to to share sell my business
0: mm-hmm. and
2: uh, i've been sharing this journey for the last couple of years and it's been wonderful
0: wow wow so you you sold your business and this is what you're doing full time now right
2: it is yeah i i um said to my chief financial officer bob and he and I had been working together for 20 years. And mm-hmm. I said, Bob, my soul is crying out for me to, to publish this story. And he looked mm-hmm. me straight in the eye and he said, Becky, I'd be glad to stay here. Ev- I'd be glad to stay here even if you're not here. And we had talked about me selling the business occasionally. And so we knew the price. And I said, you mean you'd like to buy the business? And you know what he said, Brian? It was so Mm -hmm. wonderful because I had had this business for 32 years. And Mm -hmm. so he says, I will be glad to stay here if you think I can do the job. And that was like the best thing I could possibly have. And of course he could do the job. We worked together. So he became president. I became CEO. I generally consulted with him for a year and then worked on getting the book published. And so Mm -hmm. it's been it's been magical. It's absolutely been a wonderful existence, and and it's a it's been a great it's been a great last couple of years.
0: Wow! So, when was the book actually actually published? Then
2: it was published in let's see, I believe it was it was either I think it was two thousand seventeen. Okay, might have been two thousand. I think it was September thirteenth. Interesting, September thirteenth. I'm pretty sure it was two thousand seventeen. Actually this is my book. It's called Changemaker. How my death woke up my life. uh, It's been, it's been a wonderful, wonderful journey. It won a couple of awards, which is so validating for, uh, you know, for after death communication, hitting the mainstream. And it's been, it's been fun.
0: So I have to ask you this question um, about soul planning. It's a question that a lot of, a lot of my audience is really interested in, you know, so do you believe that you and David, may have planned this before, or how do you feel about that concept?
2: That's a very interesting question. Well, I do believe that we have soul families Mm -hmm. and that we come on earth um, with a variety of people. And I would say that it's quite possible that David and I planned somehow for this to happen. And it uh, certainly has been, life changing and life evolving for me i think mm-hmm. he got the hardest deal because he was physically sick and had to leave and he is very much around he's around all the time mm-hmm. and it's so it's so wonderful to have a continuing relationship not only with my brother but you know my parents passed and and i don't think that that was as planned as possibly my brother cuz he mm-hmm. passed when he was 37 mm-hmm. my parents had a whole long life and When my dad passed, he passed just a couple of years ago, I I know how to communicate with with loved ones that have passed and such. And I said to dad, hey, dad, how is it? How is it where you are? Mm -hmm. And dad was always involved in all sorts of projects. And he had just one after another, after another going on. And he said, Becky... There is absolutely nothing that is preventing me for, to, from exploring to my heart's content. There's no limitations because there's no time. You know, if we live forever, there's no time. We have time here on earth, but uh, we don't have time in eternity. That took me quite a number of years to get that through my brain. Yeah. My dad's saying, so I can, I can explore to my heart's content. And I said, so what are you going to do? And you know what he said, Brian? He said, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be. And I thought, oh my gosh, what a wonderful state of awareness to be in, to Mm -hmm. just be. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: Wow. So you've had communications with other family members and what's your relationship with David like now? I mean, you had this, this amazing experience where, you know, the universe opens up and you step through a portal and you're flying around. So what's it like now?
2: (laughs) It's great. He, uh, he comes all the time. And one of the things that happens is that when people are in the afterlife, they can transform their energy into animals, into signs. David, um, comes as a bird, a cardinal all the time. So I mm-hmm. see cardinals all the time. He, his favorite song plays on the radio. Um, the The numbers, he, di- he passed on um, 10-1, and I see mm-hmm. one and zero all the time. I, I speak at a fair amount of holistic expos, and a couple of years ago, the first expo that I was I was speaking in for the fall happened to be on 10-1. I looked at my um, speedometer, uh, I think that's what it's called, or odometer. I looked yeah. at the odometer, mm-hmm. and it was all tens and ones. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Because, you know, when we receive these synchronistic events and, and events that remind us totally of our loved ones, it is our loved ones. They are able to, to uh, communicate through animals, through signs, through symbols. And it's wonderful to say, thank you, David. Thank you so much for, for being in my life
0: yeah you know it's interesting you brought up we're talking about signs and synchronicities and things and um you know i a lot of my listeners are people that have lost loved ones and and we're like how do we have this communication how do we have this ongoing thing and i've come to realize and i didn't before my daughter passed away Mm -hmm. that you know there are these signs and they're and they're crazy and i'm my background's engineering so Ah. i'm always trying to figure okay how does this work do they do they put the thought in your head first or is the dime on the ground or the feather or, or whatever it is that you find? But however it works, it seems to work, you know, it's, and it's pretty amazing when you start keeping your eyes open and looking out for these things.
2: It is, and I'm so sorry about your daughter, Brian. One of the things that, that I've learned is that when we use complementary modalities such as Reiki, it raises our vibrational levels and our loved ones in the afterlife have a higher level of vibration.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: so when, when our vibrational levels raise, it allows us to communicate with our loved ones that are already at that higher vibrational level. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Reiki, I learned it in 1996 and I remember doubting it because you can learn mm-hmm. it in one day. And I thought, how could something so profound be learned in one day? But it does work. And one of the first times, I teach it to a lot of medical professionals and the general public,
3: mm-hmm. but I was
2: in a, a local university, and it was the first time that I was teaching it at a university setting. It was a couple of years ago. And there were 70 people within, w- within two days that received what's called Reiki Level 1 training. And do you know, out of 70 people, how does it go? 20% of those 70 people had after-death communication experiences. And they they had never had that before. It was 15 people within a two-day period mm. at after-death communication. And I thought, gosh, this Reiki really does work to help us uh, communicate with our loved ones. And so it's I think that's a major um, point is that yeah. if people would like to... Uh, increase their communication with loved ones that have passed on to learn a complementary modality. Mm-hmm. They're, nowadays, they're called in the medical field, they're called biofield energy modalities. So energy modalities are things like Reiki, healing touch, Shiatsu, Tai Chi, qigong. All of those help expand our energy and increase our vibrational abilities. Mm-hmm. And so whatever one works, even yoga, uh, whatever one works to allow us a sense of meditation a sense of calmness so that we can receive signals and then have our vibrational energy raised so that we can send and receive information they they actually do work it's it's really been quite exciting and when I've been teaching these classes, people are able to receive communication from their loved ones and it's been very gratifying to mm facilitate that process and to let people know yes we can have a continuing relationship It and you and we can it helps for me it's helped me tremendously to know that I can still communicate with my brother and still send him love because love's, love's the strongest emotion of everything and in the afterlife what I thoroughly believe is that we share love mm-hmm. and so we're connected by the strongest emotion which is love our loved ones are surrounded by love we're surrounded by love we can use love to send them messages to receive messages and it's a it's a wonderful sense of connectedness and being that that we all have
0: yeah that's really um it's really interesting because um again I deal with a lot of grieving parents and yes. so we, we hear that oh it helps communicate with your child if you can raise your vibration but yes. when you're in the deep throes of grief. You know, people tell you that, and you're like, okay, well, how do I do this, right? It's, it's, it's really a matter of how do I raise my vibration? Because we can't seem to just will ourselves out of it. Agreed. So if there's a modality that can help with that, that's, that's very empowering.
2: It, it has been very interesting to me from a, uh, even a medical standpoint that mm-hmm. Reiki, at least Reiki resonates with me. It doesn't mean somebody has to do Reiki,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but it does work. And to raise our vibrational energy, and it doesn't mean that every time we do Reiki, we're going to facilitate a communication with the level. Right. Sometimes right. it doesn't happen. But my big recommendation is to trust the person that you're receiving your training from, or you're receiving your Reiki healing from. You really want to trust that person because they are um, involved with your energy, and you're involved with their energy. And you want to like the person and trust the person. And it it does it does seem to work.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much it. so so for people that don't know, what what is Reiki?
2: Good question. It's called universal life force energy. The mm-hmm. idea is that we all have energy. And if you think about um an EKG, an electrocardiogram, where they measure the heart. What's an EKG measuring? It's measuring the beat of the heart. It's measuring the energy of the heart mm-hmm. or heart. It's measuring <laughs> it's measuring <laughs> the energy of the heart. And all sorts of medical tests that we have are measuring energy, but we don't call it energy; we call it an EKG.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: so, it's been uh, it's been interesting to bring the the medical terminology into the energy complementary modality realm,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: they mesh and they work. And it's uh, it's been it's been fun. That that's the word I use. It's been fun, and it's also been very healing. You know, it is healing to know that we are hearing from our loved ones, whether it be a a word or a sign, or as you said, a feather. Um, On the internet, there's all sorts of um, conversations, YouTubes about pennies, you know, Mm -hmm. pennies from heaven. Um, Cardinals, there's a wonderful YouTube video about cardinals. And that happens to be what my brother uses also. Um, Butterflies, a symbol of metamorphosis. If you if people ever receive a sign that reminds them of their loved one I always say to you know just pause a minute take a deep breath and if it reminds you of your loved one send love send mm-hmm. love and say thank you express gratitude and it does make us feel better it does make us heal or helps us it helps us to heal yeah. and acknowledging that this is a real possibility works
0: yeah I think that is a very, very important point. Uh, um, I've heard so many people, they'll have a sign and then they'll come, you know, they'll, they'll come to a forum and say, I got this. Was it a sign? And what I say is trust it. Yes. If, if it reminded you of your loved one and you think it was a sign, then it was a sign. Don't go ask someone else if it was a sign. Yes. Um, and, and 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 there are these things and I've noticed for myself, and maybe it's a matter of me raising my vibration because I do a lot of, you know, I do meditation and I do, I walk you know, seven miles every day. And I do these things purposely to try to raise my vibration. And it seems like when my vibration feels higher that I do get more um, of the signs, more of these things coming through and more of these communications.
3: Well, so, said.
0: yeah, it's really great that, you know, someone can say, okay, again, how do I do this? And we can, we can say to people, okay, well maybe this is how you can start.
2: Can I give another example of yeah, how to please. do it? Mm-hmm. a wonderful, um, new technique that started in Japan and the the current form of Reiki or at least a major form of Reiki because there's all sorts of different lineages and such Mm -hmm. was started by a fellow from Japan called Makai Yasui and so the fact that what I'm going to share is also from Japan sort of is interesting to me but Mm -hmm. there's a concept called forest bathing and forest bathing is when you go into the woods because nature is very very healing and so Mm -hmm. I'm encouraging people to as you said go outside whether you're doing a running activity or you're just being you're just being with yourself if if you can go out 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 into the woods or out into the forest without a plan that's what forest bathing is it's being Mm. very mindful just being present in the moment what they are discovering in japan is they're actually doing um statistical studies and they're checking cortisol which is considered our stress enzyme mm-hmm. and they put a little ticker tape underneath a person's tongue when they're first starting in Japan to go forest bathing and forest bathing can be just for gosh it can the classic is 2 hours but it can only be gosh, you can even do it for five minutes or 10 minutes, but it's wonderful to last for 30 or 40 or 60 minutes or a course, two hours. What they're finding after two hours of being in the forest, they'll at the end of the forest bathing experience, they'll put another little like ticker tape under your tongue and they're finding statistical significant results that your stress has reduced. Mm -hmm. And when we're in the woods and we're in forest, in the forest, it does help us heal. It does help us connect with our loved ones and it reduces our stress. And so forest bathing or, or being mindful, not having a plan, not planning to go for a, a you know a specific hike, but just being present in the moment. Mm-hmm. Mindfulness, mm-hmm. especially when you're outside, can, can absolutely help us connect with our loved ones. And so I love to say, find a tree. Find a tree that you find uh, resonates with you and you think now what are you talking about but trees do have wonderful wonderful energy and some trees you'll people will find uh, that that they connect more with and so mm. if you find yourself resonating with a particular tree go over to the tree sit down wrap your arms around it maybe even give it a big hug and and maybe close your eyes Close your eyes and send a message to your deceased loved one, and you may very well receive some type of response. Maybe your hair will start to change, or maybe you'll hear something, or maybe you'll find a special feather at your feet. And it might not happen immediately, but it usually happens pretty close to the time that you've definitely tried to to send a loving, peaceful, happy message to your loved one. And it's okay if we're sad. I mean, it's okay, but the higher level happiness, if we can share that love, definitely connects. And uh, that's another way to do this is to as you said, going outside.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, I asked you for some questions beforehand, some things we could talk about. And one of the questions you sent me was, how has your life changed since you started to publicize your ability to speak with, with David? So how has your life changed?
2: Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: Hi there. I'm really excited to tell you about my latest ebook. It's four lessons that you can learn from the near-death experience without going through all the trouble of dying to learn them. www.griefthe numbertwogrow.com slash nde lessons I hope you enjoy it
2: Brian it's been magical absolutely magical it it started with with me just now being responsible for myself you know I used to be responsible for over 10,000 people and mm-hmm. for me just now being responsible for for me is quite is quite wonderful and 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 healing and and expanding, but on a on a practical level, Mm -hmm. to write a book and to have it receive, gosh, it just won two more awards. It's won five awards. I'm like, holy mackerel, like somehow this book has resonated. And so like what happened when I wrote this book was I mean, as an occupational therapist, I believe in engagement of purposeful, functional activities. And so I told my story. Every chapter starts um, a month. And so my brother passed in October. And it, the first chapter is October 1. What happened in October, in November, in December. November's number 2. December's number 3. But in the end of every chapter is what I call an illumination. And that's where I give suggestions and activities to the readers. Hmm. And to receive just numerous messages from people that say, Hey, I tried some of these activities or suggestions and they work mm-hmm. has really been, been validating. And then to expand that to, to be giving workshops across the country and, and, Gosh, this past year I gave a whole, I give two, essentially two-hour, two- to three-hour workshops where I teach people after-death communication, and I did this at the International Association of Near-Death Studies annual conference, which is a wonderful group of educators and researchers and doctors and the general public that have had near-death experiences, mm-hmm. and they do believe that we live forever. And then Lily Deal, which is a fantastic site in uh, New York, which is the home of the uh, spiritualist community where they do believe that you can easily communicate with loved ones. I did that after-death communication workshop there, and now to be doing it this October online to a worldwide audience, it's so exciting Mm -hmm. to share that the afterlife is real. And I'm in the process of writing book two, and it's like cool experiences that have happened Primarily to me in the last 20 years that are are magical and exciting and validating that we do live forever. And I had no psychic experience. So if these can if these can happen to me, they can happen to anybody. It's nothing special about me that has allowed this to happen. And I'm just in the flow. It's it's absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I am a driver and I I am working this and mm-hmm. I'm trying to teach as many people as possible. You know, if they're interested, I, I don't want to be, uh, you know, I don't want to force it down anybody's uh, throat, of course, but if, right. if they want to believe I'll help you. And it, it's been, um, it's been life changing. It's been wonderful.
0: Yeah. It sounds like it's been wonderful. And, and just your, your energy that you, that you exude and the way that you, you're you so excited about life and to, and to share this message, um, you know, again, after the, you know, the passing of your brother at a, at a very young age, it's, it's just, it's interesting to see how you've taken that and allowed it to, to transform you and to, you know, you mentioned the word metaphor, metamorphosis earlier, and I can kind of, I can see that in you.
2: Yes. Yes. It's been, I, you know, I, I, uh, went to a conference last year and it was by Terry Daniels and she endorsed my book, which was glorious. and. Mm-hmm. Terry does what's called the original afterlife conference. And it was one of the only ones that I went to that I wasn't speaking at. And I was just hanging around and uh, going to all these presentations. And the last day there was a medium by the name of Thomas John. Mm -hmm. And I, didn't know before the conference who he was. And there were about, gosh, I think there were about maybe 160 people in the audience. And he had no idea that I was there. He had no idea who I was. Mm -hmm. And 44 minutes into this, what's called a galley reading. And that's where mediums um, read the room and they say, Oh, we have this person here and this person here. And does anybody resonate with that? Well, what he said was, I have a large group of people that are led by somebody's brother and the brother's name is David. Hmm. Does that resonate with anyone? And so I raised my hand and he said, so your brother has passed. And I said, yes, he has. And he said, normally I receive communication from loved ones that have passed recently. It seems like he's passed a while ago. And I said, yes, he's passed 23 years ago. Hmm. And he said, I have someone here named Edward. I said, Oh Yes. And and do you know, Edward? I said, yes, I do. Mm -hmm. Is he on the other side? Yes, he is. Well, now I have someone stepping to the front. It seems like your your dad and your mother. Have they both passed? I said, my gosh, yes, they have. Uh I think one of them is named Steve. Is that does that resonate? I'm like, yes, that's my dad's name. Well, he's showing me all sorts of religious symbols. Would you by any chance have a? Uh, uh, does your dad have any involvement with religion? I'm like, well, yes, he's an Episcopal minister. Mm. So, oh, okay. And then he said, Loreen. I'm hearing from Loreen. Now, Loreen is who lived with David. And she passed three years after he did. And he said, does Loreen sound familiar to you? Now, that is a very uncommon name. And yeah. I'm like, yes, Loreen also passed. And then he said, he stepped back and he said, does your brother have a sense of humor? And I'm like, yes, he does. Mm-hmm. And he's saying you should be happy he died.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm like, oh my gosh. And he goes, your life has changed for the better. Mm-hmm. Does that resonate with you? And I said, well, I love my life, but I did sell my business and I I uh, published a book called Changemaker, how my brother's death woke up my life.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it to have that validation, he says, do cardinals mean anything to you? And I frankly thought cardinals were my mother. And he said, your brother comes all the time as Cardinals. And you you know, Brian, to receive that validation from a medium, when I've been talking to my brother for 20, now it's like 24 years. Mm -hmm. But for me to receive that validation is incredible. I get home, you know, this is after I dropped my passport. I was so flummoxed. I dropped my passport (laughs) in the airport. I left my hat on the bus. You know, I was just, I went to the wrong gate. Like I was just beside myself. And I thought, my gosh, I wonder if this is video, Taped, and lo and behold, it is. Oh, really? So I created a YouTube video and it's, and I should put it on my website. Um, but I haven't done that yet, but you can get it. If you, if you go, um, if you put my name, Rebecca Austell Clausen, and then Thomas John, he's the medium, Thomas mm-hmm. John. So you can get it. I should have it better, but that's what it is. Rebecca Claus and Thomas mm-hmm. John Medium. And you can see this whole nine-minute experience. It's absolutely been astounding. And so, yes, my life has absolutely been magical since David passed. Now, if I could have him back, it would be much, much, much better. No question about it. But it has definitely opened up my, my eyes, my awareness, my consciousness to realize we are all connected and we live forever.
0: You know, wow, that was incredible. I, I, first of all, I, I know Terry. I'm, I'm good friends oh, with, with Terry, and I'm, I'm going to be at her conference in April, uh, or uh, no, in June. June. Yeah, in, that's um, great. And I also know Thomas. So uh, when you're telling the story, I, I know know both. I know both the people in there, and I know Thomas wow. is is amazing. So I'm definitely going to look up the video. I'd like to see it, but I've uh, I've seen Thomas give readings before, and he's just like amazing. But I think it was really interesting as you were telling, I was thinking, okay, we all seem to need this validation, right? So you've had this communication yourself for 24 years. You had this incredible experience. I can only even imagine, but you know, when Thomas gives you the reading, it somehow just, it just reinforces the whole thing and really just, you know, lights it all up. So that's really, that's a, that's a fantastic story. It's interesting.
2: It is amazing. You know, I called my husband. I thought, oh, my gosh, if something happens to me on the plane, I want him to know that I am going to live. And he goes, Becky, my husband's very supportive. Like, my husband's fantastic. He is uh, logical. And he Mm -hmm. says, he probably read your book. (laughs) He didn't read my book. My parents were alive. Lorene was alive. He had no idea who I was. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it was just, it was just an incredible experience. But as you said, it helps for us to receive continual validation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just as we're, we're in these bodies, I think it's just always it's a constant struggle to, to maintain that higher vibration, that higher perspective, and it's really easy to get bogged down in everything that's going on around us, you know, and and to become very um, narrowly focused. Yeah, you know, we we need these things to kind of you know keep our eyes open. I have to ask you because I was reading your your intro, and you said you have adventures in the fairy realm. I've got oh, to ask no. you about the fairy realm. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on with that?
2: I when I when I I was like oh my I didn't realize I put that in there, um, you know Brian. My favorite books are The Hobbit, um, Tolkien books, um, books about uh, fun creatures in another reality. That's what mm-hmm. I love to read.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So it was, it was in January of 1996. I, have ha- I had my very first session with Nancy Ariel, the shaman that taught me, was my very first shamanic teacher.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then I was leading a corporate retreat. So Nancy had told me, she said, if you, if you have any type of experiences, it's very good to write them down. And so I was, I I was in, where was I? Pennsylvania. I was in Pocono mountains of um, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And we had had this little a-frame house where, where my um, corporate executives and myself were meeting for the weekend to plan out lots of things. And so I got up at five o'clock in the morning, it was in January and And uh, I went out in the freezing cold and was all bundled up and all that. And I saw this tree and it was a beautiful tree. Now I love trees and I uh, climbed trees as a kid. And so I looked at this tree and they had one branch overhanging the, the, the uh, frozen uh, lake. And I thought, oh, wow, wouldn't it be great to, to sit on that branch? And then I thought, oh, no, Becky, you know, you, that's really ridiculous. You're an adult. <laughs> you're doing this corporate <laughs> retreat. But I did. I, I allowed myself to sit on this, this branch. It was a big branch, beautiful oak tree. And then I laid down. And, you know, Brian, I was able to feel the heartbeat of that tree, I could feel the sap moving so slowly, and I just was i shape shifted i didn 't know what that was called, but that 's mm-hmm. what happened was i shape shifted into this mm-hmm. tree, and then I thought, "Wow, I wonder if I can do this with something else and so I sent my energy. And I had just had, I had had what's called a shamanic journey, where you journey to different realms. So I had learned that we can do this. Mm-hmm. You can learn how to do this. So I sent my energy to the ice. And I could feel the ice crackling. And I became ice. And then I I felt a a presence under the ice. And it was a a, 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 a bass, a big, I forget what we call it, big mouth bass. Mm-hmm. And I became the bass. And I could feel the the, uh, the very cold water going through my gills. And so here I was becoming, I was, I was the bass. Mm. And then I felt, for some reason, I felt this energy calling me that was on the beach, but I was enjoying being this bass. And mm-hmm. so, so but the energy on this beach kept calling me. So I, I thanked the bass and I thanked the ice and I thanked the tree and I slowly sat up, expressed my gratitude and walked over to a to the to the side of the beach and there were gosh four or five different rocks one of them was very large that i could sit on so i sat on the rock and i'm not physically that uh, able and my head went all the way down to my feet like normally I'm I'm just not that flexible Mm -hmm. but somehow my head was down at my feet and you know Brian I became the rock Hmm. and I never knew that rock rocks had energy and I was I understood that I should have asked permission when I was flipping rocks I flipped hundreds of rocks and tried to see them bounce across the water and so I was the rock And it was marvelous. Mm. All of a sudden, I heard my chief financial officer's whistle. This is the same fellow that I sold the business to. Mm -hmm. and I thought oh my gosh you know I'm like mesmerized as this rock and I thought I do not want to have Bob see me as a rock (laughs) and so I, I, I slowly got out of my my meditative rock experience and at that exact point I saw this green flash and I turned around and about three feet away was Bob and he says hi Beck how you doing and I said uh fine how are you doing and he says well I just went for a run around the lake and I was wondering if we're having the corporate retreat starting in in 20 minutes at nine o'clock and I thought oh my gosh uh yes Bob we are mm-hmm. <laughs> no I did not I had not planned anything that morning for the retreat I knew it was going to happen but I was out you know shape-shifting into the tree and the ice and the bass and the rock. And so I said, let me just go and, and make a few notes and I'll I'll see you in 20 minutes. So I, I slowly, you know, I turned around and thanked everybody consciously. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I started writing. I started writing what was happening. And Somehow, I drew a picture of a fairy. Now, I call it a fairy. Maybe some people would call it an elf. And it had, had a pointed nose, had a big uh, hat. It had, striped, lo- had long legs with striped socks. So I'm, I drew this, and mm-hmm. I looked at it, and I'm like, what is this? And all of a sudden, I had an awareness that it was the green flash. Mm. The fairy somehow had come out of the rock at the same time the sun was rising over the lake and Bob happened to be right there. Mm -hmm. And so two minutes before the corporate retreat, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, fairies are real. Mm. theories are real so i go run this corporate retreat and it went great like it was absolutely great mm-hmm. and everything happened but my brain was divided into two pots and one pot was talking about profit and loss and human relations <laughs> and financial plans and what's the marketing scheme and and how are we going to do this and what's our plan and the other side is like the Hobbit is real. Fairies are real. I'm like, oh my gosh. So we get back in the car. You know, the corporate retreat was great. We get back in the car. I go back to the next week. I go back to Nancy Ariel's home. And I had my second session. I'm in the door. And she says, Becky, I see you've met the fairies. Now, I had not told her at all about this. And I'm like, why, yes, I have met the fairies. And she, I said, how do you know that? And she said, there's 20 to 30 all around you. Hmm. And I'm like, Well, Nancy, that is fantastic. And she said, We so we had our session and during that session she said, Now Becky, why don't you teach people that fairies are real? And I'm like, (laughs) There's no way I'm gonna talk to people about fairies being real. But do you know, it took me until about Oh, I'd say about 10 years ago, about 10 years ago, I did gain the courage to start teaching people about the fairy realm. And I brought 10 of my friends, 10 of my friends. I thought, if they think I have lost my mind, at least they're still going to like me. Mm-hmm. And do you know, each one of them had an experience with the fairy realm. And and I didn't know how to teach people about fairies. So I, normally I have PowerPoints and I'm very organized and all that. So I sat at my laptop and I said to the fairies, I'm like, okay, guys. If I'm supposed to teach you how to do this, tell me. And you know, they gave me the entire script: what I was supposed to say, what I was supposed to do, who I was supposed to honor, how I was supposed to do this. And so I got this whole plan from the fairy realm. And so since then, I um, I have been teaching people that fairies are real. Now it is a subsection of that I usually don't talk about right. <laughs> the afterlife because um, you know it is sort of mixed. But on the other hand, there are all sorts of lovely entities that are around. And I happen to love the joyous, happy, fairy Mm (laughs) realm. So that's my story.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, it's interesting because as you're telling that, and I'm, I think I'm an engineer, so I'm I'm grounded kind of in, I think I'm grounded in science. I like to be grounded in science anyway, but you know what it's, I'm finding I'm reading these books now, I'm reading books on idealism, which is, I guess, more of a philosophy about how everything arises from consciousness Yes. And and it really talks about oneness and that the near death experiences talk about, which I think a lot of us take is, oh, that's a metaphor that we're all one. Mm-hmm. And I'm realizing it's not a metaphor. It's actually literally true. Yes. That there is only one being and we're all it. Yes. And and the fact that everything rises from consciousness, which, you know, some of the ancient religions. So you're talking about shamanism, the, the natives, uh, the American Indians believe that everything had a spirit. And we, we come along and we're materialists and we say, well, clearly rocks don't have spirit because they don't move mm-hmm. and trees don't have spirit because they can't talk. But I think what science is starting to figure out, and along with philosophy is starting to catch up, is that these things do have spirit. Yes. And we just, you know, we as human beings maybe can't detect those, you know, with our five physical senses. But as you're opening up and you're traveling these spiritual realms, and I wonder if the shamanism you know, opened you up to this, that you're able to start perceiving at a different level. Um, Whereas, again, most of us is like, it doesn't exist if I can't sense it with these five senses, you know, these these five senses that my body has. But you're, you're kind of transcending that. So yeah, I think the fairy story is cool.
2: That's great. And you know, um, this year, or actually it was last fall, um, there are, gosh, now there's weekly uh, online programs that are done by IONS, and it's called ISGO. So it's ISGO, and if mm-hmm. people just uh, Google ISGO, they can get most of them are free, and they're free conversations with the with the leaders of of the um, International Association of Near Death Studies movement, mm-hmm. and. And these are educated people, like engineers and researchers and physicians, and they have time and time again validated that the afterlife is real. And Bruce Grayson, who's one of the founders of IONS, has the Grayson Scale of near-death experiences. Mm -hmm. He's from. Uh, University of Virginia, and it's very valid and statistically significant information that is being shared about um, the results of people that have had experiences um, when they die. Uh, Their body, their body flatlines, but their consciousness continues, Mm -hmm. yet their body still lives and they come back and they're changed. And most people are filled with love. They're not afraid to die anymore. Um, they're very altruistic, they're charitable, and they're teaching. And probably the uh, one of the most renowned people these days is Eben, Dr. Eben Alexander in his book, Proof of Heaven, New York Times bestseller for, for months.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: it just in in uh, in so many ways validates the fact that we live forever. And it's it's wonderful. To me, it's such a, a, a freeing philosophy to know that this is not all there is. So way to go, Brian, for, for reading and learning and sharing and, and experiencing the oneness and connectedness with life. It's, it's terrific.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I really, I, I love what you're doing too. So, um, if I, if we get your book, yeah, it's it's about your story and David's story, but also it sounds like it has some some things that'll help us to communicate with our loved ones as well. Is that correct?
2: Yes. yes. Okay. But the the um pro- yes, it does. It's not the book. The first book does not does not really teach people how to do it, but it has mm-hmm. suggestions and activities. What is going to help? I, I hope
3: mm-hmm. is
2: in October, I am doing a, a seven week online course. And so if people were interested in that, it's a live course mm-hmm. and it'll be one day a week. It's going to be on Tuesdays and it'll be recorded. If people miss a session or whatever, mm-hmm. um, but they will they can get information by um, going to my website, which is just my name. It's Rebecca. <laughs> I have such a long name. Rebecca Austell-Claussen, R-E-B-E-C-C-A-A-U-S-T-I-L-L-C-L-A-U-S-E-N. So that's mm-hmm. my website. And uh, mm-hmm. it'll have information there. And I'll be doing all sorts of marketing and all that jazz. But it's... Um, it's a way, another way for people to learn how to connect with their loved ones that have passed on. And I'm so excited to, to share it.
0: Yeah, that sounds, that sounds great, because I, I think a lot of people, um, they, they want that. And that helps us to, you know, it's not a matter of really escaping this world to be in the next world right now. But just knowing that, as you said, it's, it's freeing, yes. and it's empowering, and it helps us to keep, you know, the, the difficulties that we go through in this life, and we still have difficulties. Sure. But it helps us to keep those things in perspective and to, you know, have something to look forward to.
2: It is. And we, yes, well said. And we can look forward to it right now. Yeah. We, we can communicate. We can communicate. I, I just want to share a, a little snippet. My mom passed, and my mom wasn't sure about, about a lot of this. Um mm-hmm and she she had sciatica um chronic pain the first time she ever had this horrendous pain or heart stop, so it was significant pain. She had it for mm-hmm. thirteen years and when she passed, I didn't hear from her for for a long time and about six months after she passed, um she always did puzzles and my um husband was doing a puzzle, and I was leaning over looking at this puzzle, and all of a sudden, I heard my mother in my head, in my head, sorry mm-hmm. in my head mm-hmm. and i she says the piece goes right there. And I'm like, mom, how are you? And she's very focused. The piece goes right there. (laughs) And so we put the piece, it didn't exactly fit, but it almost did. And, um, and she's been able to come, you know, ever since then. And she often comes as birds and to be able to know, I have no doubt, Brian, like Mm -hmm. no doubt that we do live forever and to be Mm -hmm. able to receive these messages is so validating and wonderful. And it's not just me that can do it. You know, it's, it's available for all of us.
0: So um, that brings up two questions. Um, One is, do we all live forever first of all, and do all people that have transitioned, do they all communicate back with earth?
2: Good question. Gosh, I enjoy talking with you so much. Um, I, I, these, this is my philosophy. So, you know, people are welcome to believe whatever they want, of course. Mm -hmm. I do believe we all live forever. I don't think there's any reason why some of us would be chosen to live and other people wouldn't. So, Mm -hmm. so I fully believe that we all live forever. And then the second question does, Oh, does everybody communicate? Yeah. That's a, that's a, a, the answer in my opinion is yes. Now there are, Um, situations, such as when, when people have a traumatic passing, such as if they pass from suicide, or if it's, if it's a sudden passing, a lot of times it takes the person that has passed time to learn how to, to uh, access the other realm, our realm, it takes Mm, them time. But usually, usually, in my opinion, and in my experience, because I've talked to I don't know hundreds maybe thousands of, of spiritual entities at this point and 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 hundreds of people that have passed usually within the first six months we will hear something mm-hmm. or receive something or have a very clear connection so yes I do believe that people communicate now if people have not received communication it's it doesn't mean that they're not alive. What what I encourage people to do is to is to really take time for you. You know, sometimes our grief is so overwhelming that we can't feel anything except for the grief. And that's hard. It's hard for us. It's hard for our loved ones to see. And so if we can start to do things that will, even just a little, hmm. take care of ourselves, if we can set up a little maybe a little altar, a little place in our, in our home of remembrance. And we can go there and feel good and share love with our loved one and then go on to the rest of our daily activities. Mm-hmm. We need to take care of ourselves. We need to spend time with ourselves and be comfortable with ourselves and also ideally to meditate. And to allow ourselves to relax our brain. I didn't know I was meditating for four months. All I was doing was deep breathing. You know, I just take three, three or four deep breaths and close my eyes and, and relax. And then Nancy, my teacher, said, You know, Becky, you're meditating. And I didn't know that. Like I thought meditating you had to have, you know, your arms crossed and oh have God. these mantras and all that. But but just deep breathing so that we can relax will enable us. Mm-hmm to raise our our level of awareness and consciousness so that we can receive communication. So that's a long answer to your question of, can we all do this? Can all people communicate? I, I do believe that we can receive it. Um, and I also, I don't think people want to leave us here. You know, they've had connections with us, but some people, you know, some people are ready to pass. But it is a um a wonderful way for us to to receive validation by receiving signs so i i guess that i yes i do believe that everyone can communicate and everyone can receive communication and Mm -hmm. everyone can uh when they pass send this back to us as long as we're open to receive it
0: yeah you know i've found a lot of times when someone will say to me i haven't gotten any signs and then i'll start asking them some questions and they'll say, well, except for this and this and and this, because they're just not aware of it, you know. And yeah. it's like, and or you start telling them stories, like you know, I found this feather or I found a coin or I see the number one 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 all the time when I look at my phone or you know something or or dreams. They're like, was that a, was that really a visit? It's like, yeah, that was that was really a visit. So I think a lot of times we we tend to miss those things. So having been just having the awareness um and then it seems like they come more often i don't think if they come more often it just seems that way sure. But i think you i think you're right i think that raising the vibration raising the awareness and the loved one saying hey that worked that got through to them then they're going to give us more
2: and i yes and thank you for bringing up dreams for some reason i i i frequently forget dreams um dreams are the number one way that we receive communication from My our life. loved ones you know i for for uh, for for a lack of a better word, I believe our soul leaves our physical body during our dream time, and it communicates with other souls. And and I'll do the same thing, Brian. If people say, "Well, I haven't heard anything," rarely have I heard have I listened to people explain that they haven't heard or, re- or received a sign. And I'll, and that, just like you said, well, have you had any experiences? Well, I had a dream. Like that's it. <laughs> How did you feel after the dream? Well, you know, I actually felt peaceful and some people will say well i felt sad and i said well did it feel real Mm -hmm. yes it did because these dreams where our loved ones come to us are are different they're not like the dreams that we have all the time they are real and they do feel real and many times we wake up and we remember them and i encourage people to write them down Mm -hmm. because we're going to forget and so just write them down and and remind yourself that yes we we I did receive this. We can receive this. And a lot of it is, is, as you said, needing that validation. And so, you know, people are welcome to email me or call me or, you know, write me or whatever. And I'll say, yes, that is, or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's very nice to be a cheerleader for, for this type of communication.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Becky, it's been absolutely fascinating and, and, <laughs> and joyful to meet you. I just, it's just amazing uh, talking to you. So I want to give everybody your contact information again. Right. So Your email is becky at comphealthworks.com.
2: Yep, my, it's my complimentary HealthWorks business. Okay. And so, as you said, Becky at comphealthworks.com. Yes.
0: And your website is Rebecca Ostel Clausen, and I will put that in the notes. Um, Great. It's dot ncom But, I'll, again, I'll put that in the show notes. Great. And people can contact you there. Uh, I don't know. Are you doing any more workshops this year?
2: Yes. Um, okay. I am, and I've got a couple coming up in the next couple of months, but primarily what's happening in April, um, my husband and I are going to Alaska, mm-hmm. and so we're visiting all the national parks, and I'm looking forward to, to connecting with, with some of the uh, spiritual events that are going out there, so, mm-hmm. so I've, I've left my calendar open a little bit for that, nice. for that process, and then the course of workshop in, in the fall.
0: Great. That sounds great. Well, um, again, it's been a pleasure meeting you, and and thanks for doing this.
2: Oh, Brian, you're terrific. I had a wonderful time. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, audience, for listening, and uh, thank you for believing. It's really a, a magical life. We all lead forever.
0: Yeah, thanks. Bye. Lots of love. Well, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I want to make it really easy for you to reach me. So just send me a text to 31996 and simply text the word GROWTH. G-R-O-W-T-H. In fact, you can right now just say, hey Siri, send a message to 31996. And when Siri asks you what you want to send, just say growth. You can do the same thing with OK Google. Thanks a lot. Have a wonderful day.
1: Thanks for listening to Grief to Growth. Brian hopes that you find this episode helpful and will come back for future episodes. Brian's best-selling book, Grief to Growth, Planted Not Buried, is a great resource for anyone who is coping with grief or knows someone who is. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support it, there are three things you can do to help. The first is to share the podcast with someone that you think it will help. The second is to go to iTunes, rate, and review the episode. The third way you can support the podcast is by becoming a patron. Head over to www.patreon.com/grief2growth. That's patreo dot slash grief. The number two, growth, and sign up to make a small monthly donation. Patrons get access to exclusive bonus content and knowledge that you are helping to spread the message of grief to growth. For more about Brian and grief to growth, visit www.grief2growth.com.